0: Light Treason News, everyone, pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by me. Oh boy, are you in for a treat? I once again have uh, not had the time to schedule a co host, but guess what? It's going to be okay because I have so much to talk about with you guys. If you're new to the show, I'm Allison Kilkenny, I'm the host of Light Treason News, and here's how the show works. Usually I have a co-host to bounce recommendations off of in the pop culture section, which we're in right now. This is when I talk about stuff I've watched, stuff that's happened to me. Um, It's a good time. And then we go into bad news. Uh-oh, and there's a lot of it in this world. But don't worry, we end things with good news and as always, you can contact the show on Twitter, hashtag News. follow us there, Pod. like us on Facebook, add us on Instagram. Uh, we love being social and we love hearing from you because here's a little thing about hosting a podcast, and everyone has a podcast now, so you as a podcast host um, will understand this. When you host a podcast, you just blather and you forget a lot of what you say during the course of a half an hour, an hour, even 15 minutes. And it really helps to get feedback from the audience about like, hey, I like when you said this because nine times out of 10, I have fully forgotten I said that or even recommended it. So it's nice hearing about what you all like as well or what you don't like or your recommendations. All of that stuff. Don't tell me what you don't like. Um, I'm very fragile. Try to keep it positive, everybody, okay? So, usually, I would just go into my recommendations, but something sort of strange, wink, you'll get that in a few seconds, happened to me the other day that I wanted to share. So, I am a performer at the UCB Theater, no big deal, on Herald Night. I'm very talented. Um, And... My team performed uh, this prior week. What day is it? I don't even know. And we were in the green room uh, mingling, chilling before the show. And we noticed that there were sort of like odd people walking by. You know, like there's a type of person that goes to UCB theater. And that type is scrawny comedy nerd. And these were large men strapping men. So they in suits and military haircuts. So it immediately grabbed our attention and we were like what the fuck is going on? Those look like bodyguards. Um and it turns out they were bodyguards because the kids from Stranger Things were there. I guess they're on some kind of national promotional tour for the upcoming season and they're just popping up everywhere. So they were there in the green room. And I'm a big Stranger Things fan, and I was overwhelmed. I really was. And then it occurred to us, we were like, oh, my God, are the kids from Stranger Things going to watch Harold Night? And guess what they did? They were in the second row. And I think they liked us. They were laughing a lot. I know they liked us because afterwards, one of my teammates was in the lobby. They hugged him. I'm very jealous. Fuck you, Brandon. And said, "Great show, you guys are great. um, so they're fans, and we're fans of them. We're mutual fans, we're peers. I'm peers with the kids from stranger things is what I'm trying to say um yeah, and so the there were only a few of them there, and forgive me, I'm spacing on character names, but Dustin was there, um Mike was there um and so there were three of them. And But I noticed Millie wasn't there. Obviously, you look for Eleven, right? <clears throat> Thank God she wasn't. My teammate, a very funny guy named Amir, kept compulsively bringing up Drake. And if you don't know the backstory of Drake and Millie, uh, Drake is a creepy grown man who has a history of preying on young girls. And we don't like to talk about it because we all like his music, right? Um, and we're not ready to cancel him yet, apparently, because uh, he's funny and memeable. But this grown man has been texting, I think she was 15 at the time, Millie. And uh, I don't know why any adult around her didn't immediately grab her phone and break it. But this is what's called grooming behavior. Maybe he's not doing anything that's super inappropriate at the moment. But why is a grown man texting a 15-year-old girl dating advice? Excuse you, Drake. Go find somebody your own age. Fuck off. Leave 15-year-olds alone. Anyway, so Amir keeps compulsively bringing up Drake. So it's probably for the best that Millie was not there. Um, But what a weird night. Such a weird night. Kids from Stranger Things. See, when I said it was a strange night. Foreshadowing. Anyway, thanks to the kids. Thanks to uh, any of the adults who arranged the kids coming to UCB. They they seem like a fucking delight. Uh, they seem very normal for being as famous as they are, very sweet and supportive, and l- we're laughing a lot during the show. I know that because I truly could not stop watching them. I took a photo of their bodyguard for some reason. I just got very flustered. Um, so, yeah, watch Stranger Things. The, if It's a great show. Uh, the kids are very talented, but also they seem like very nice people, which is always nice to see. So... Also, everyone, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. We just had our monthly hangout for the $10 a month members and higher. And if you're a $5 a month member or higher, you get to send questions, recommendations, general statements, into Light, Trees, and News, and I'll read them. And when I have a co-host, you can also direct specific questions to them, although I cannot guarantee when those will get answered. So I wanted to read a couple of them right now. Mark wrote in, after the Game of Thrones bonus episode, and considering the whole thing is now over, have you considered a bonus episode where you recap everything that happened during the show, maybe even badly recap? So for example, so they have a wedding and it goes poorly. Mark, I love this. So to answer your question, I am going to record another bonus episode with Sally. That's who I did the Sally from the Struggle Bus, which is a great podcast you should all listen to. It's an advice podcast show. Um, it's it's very, very good. Catherine and Sally host that together. And Sally and I are Game of Thrones nerds, and we've been recording bonus episodes that you can listen to at my Patreon if you're a supporter We are going to record another one now that the entire series is over, and we probably will start recapping everything because we can never stop talking once we start talking about Game of Thrones. But specifically, we also wanted to talk about the documentary that just came out. So uh, stay tuned for that, Mark. And I like your idea of recapping it poorly. And also, um, man, that wedding went south. That, I think, is one of the most... um, Upsetting things that has ever happened to me as a person, the red wedding. So Chelsea writes in, I have a recommendation. Okay, Chelsea, especially for Pride Month. Okay, timely. HBO has a new series called Gentleman Jack, based on the true story of Anne Lister. She was a gender nonconforming woman in 1800s England who ran her own estate and kept a diary in which she recorded all her romantic relationships with women. Okay, Anne Lister. The series is created by a great team of women. Okay, women. I'll stop. I'm sorry, everyone. So it doesn't have any creepy male gay stuff. We love that. I have heard so much about Gentleman Jack, and I do want to see it. And I have generous friends who have given me their HBO password. So I'm going to check that out, Chelsea. Thank you. Love a, a Pride Month recommendation. If anyone has more of that, because it's very timely. So... My recommendations, the moment you've all been waiting for, or maybe not, maybe you're skipping ahead to the next music cue to get to the bad news. Understandable. So I have many recommendations this week. And if anyone, by the way, is confused or uh, has missed the last, I don't know, month or two of prior episodes, we are now a weekly recap show every Mm, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on when I have enough time to actually record the recap. But uh, I just found that it's a more efficient use of my time because I have, you know, I'm a millennial, so I have 30 jobs, and it was just really, really hard to do it every day. And also, I've, I just find that the show is more efficient and compact when it's a recap show. So, mm, that's what it is now. We're a weekly recap show. And you've all been very sweet and supportive about that. But I just wanted to explain it to any new listeners. So, recommendations. And I had already recommended this when I had only seen the first episode, but now I finished the series. So, I want to double down on that recommendation. When they see us on Netflix by Ava DuVernay wow, is this a masterpiece. Um, And it, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, it's really hard to watch because it's not like we're watching some kind of relic of history. First of all, the whole Central Park Five thing didn't happen that long ago, but also um, innocent people get sent to jail all the time. And, um, you know, the police are a uh, institutionally racist entity so this is still ongoing is what I'm saying so it's really hard to watch because you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is still happening these poor fucking kids they're poor fucking families it's and the acting is like beyond so it feels very real and it's really really hard to watch but I think that's the point especially and it's important, especially for white people to watch. I understand if you're a person of color and you're like, this is just too upsetting and too triggering and I don't want to watch it. Fully get it. And that's also valid if you're a white person. But I do think, like, if you're a white person, <laughs> it's somewhat more of your duty to sit in that and watch it because it it's real and it's happening and it, it it's it's important that we all face it and come to terms with it. But anyway, if, if you're able to, do watch it. It's great. Um, love that the prosecutor is now just getting fired from life <laughs> in the wake of Ava DuVernay absolutely destroying her in like the most compassionate way possible, too. I have to say, I, I feel like Ava DuVernay used a lot of restraint in showing Linda's mindset. Um But, yeah, I'm I'm glad she's suffering consequences because, wow, she destroyed those kids' lives. (laughs) And she should face consequences. So also in recommendations, and I'm going to bang the same drum that everybody's been banging lately. Fleabag is great. And I – one of the things that annoys me the most about when a show is very, very popular, almost universally beloved – is there's a type of person who's like, oh, I've just heard so much good stuff about this show. I'm going to decide that I don't like it, having never seen it. Which, oh, aren't you an interesting person? Yeah, it's getting universal praise because it's fucking great. And maybe it's annoying to hear people talk about something that you haven't seen yet a lot. I get that. But to decide you hate a show just because people really like it, very odd behavior. I don't know. Very, very odd response. So Fleabag's getting universal praise, as I said, deservedly so. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is magnificent in it. And I usually hate fourth wall stuff. In fact, I had uh, Rachel and Chloe co-hosting with me last week. And Rachel had mentioned there was a lot of fourth wall stuff in it. And I was like, ew, like House of Cards and Kevin Spacey? Ew, he's a sexual predator. Because now that's what I associate fourth wall stuff with, obviously. But for whatever reason, when Phoebe Waller-Bridge does it, I love it. It's like your best friend whispering to you at a party. And she's very cheeky. And it's very fun. And Andrew Scott as the hot priest is great. I'm spacing on the name of the actress who plays Claire, her sister, but she's so good. Um, The whole cast is great. I love them all. And there's only two seasons, which some people are sad about. I think it ends perfectly. I love it. I hope they never make another season because it's so perfect as it is. If they want to do what the original British office did and come back for like a Christmas special or something to wrap stuff up maybe that would be okay but I feel like stuff is wrapped up pretty perfectly in season two six episodes per season you can bang through it in a second it it really you can watch it very very quickly which is refreshing because I feel like every American show is like okay so episode or uh, season one has 47 episodes uh season two has 87 episodes And it just goes on forever and really wears out its welcome. Even if it's a good show, it's like, oh, God, how many episodes do I have to grind through? Six episodes. So a total of 12 episodes is Fleabag. And it's damn near perfect. I really, really love it. I've also started (laughs) this newest season of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, boy. Um, I'm only one episode in. And it's already a fucking ordeal, as it always is. And... I have to say something, because this just reminded me of it. Everybody got very mad at Kendall Jenner because she very, very silly silly, sillily, sure, um, threw a handmaid's tale party. And everyone was very offended because it was like, but the handmaid's tale is about rape and abject suffering and torture. And are you a dum-dum who has missed that fact? So people were very offended. Here's my feeling on it. We're all watching The Handmaid's Tale as a form of entertainment. Even though, like, you know, it makes us very sad and uh, it's very depressing and we're not... It's not like a joyous occasion watching The Handmaid's Tale. It's just really well done and really compelling and the acting is tremendous. So we all keep watching it, but we're all consuming it as a form of entertainment. A lot of us, a lot, I know a lot of you listening to this show, and I do this as well, listen to true crime podcasts, which is listening to stories of rape and murder and torture as a form of entertainment. We all do it. Kendall Jenner just did it completely tastelessly, <laughs> which you almost have to give her props for. You don't, you don't have to give her props. Uh, rich people are awful. The revolution is coming. But. You know what I mean? People got on their high horse, and I was like, listen, we're all doing it. We're all watching The Handmaid's Tale. Not all of us. I know not all of you watch it. And some of you don't watch it for the reason that it contains rape and torture. And you're like, no, thank you. I don't want to watch this, which is valid. But I'm uh, so I'm one episode in. Sorry, I I kind of went on a tangent there. I'm one episode in. And uh, I don't know. Listen, I know like that... You know, just to keep the show going, she could not escape. And she had to, I guess these are spoilers. Uh, Skip ahead to the music cue if you care about spoilers for A Handmaid's Tale. I knew that to advance the story, June could not leave Gilead, right? She had to stay there. There Otherwise, like, what is The Handmaid's Tale if The Handmaid is not a handmaid, right? So obviously she was not going to escape. And now she's the handmaid of Bradley Whitford, which I'm like, okay. I do like Bradley Whitford's character. I think he's very interesting. Um I just don't know. I don't know if they're gonna keep exploring uh Serena and uh Ray Fine's character. I I just I feel like they have pulled that thread so far that those characters, like, what else do we have? I feel like last season, those characters, they really blew out their games as much as they could. But we'll see. I'm only one episode in, so I don't want to cast judgment yet. I'll keep you all posted on how I feel about it, okay? Please don't send me spoilers for the rest of the season. I have had no time to stay uh, caught up with the season. So I'm watching it as I go along. I also started and I'm sure this is going to be a long slog for me just because, again, I have no time. Outlander, because I kept hearing from my very horny friends that it is a very hot show to watch, that the sex scenes are really good, that this, the romance is really good, because going back to the male gaze stuff, it's very uh, non-male gaze is what I've heard. And so far it's very interesting, and I like it. But I've only seen the first episode. And, um, yeah, so I'll I'll keep you abreast, wink, I'm winking at you, of uh, my Outlander journey. I was getting frantic text messages from Meredith. She was like, you have to watch this show. So I'm watching it now, Meredith. I'm doing it. So, guys, that's enough of the recommendations. Do you have any recommendations? What should I be watching? Make it good, because I don't have a lot of time. Hashtag light treason pod i think i said light treason news before do use the hashtag hashtag light treason pod that's also our twitter handle you should go follow us there tell your friends about the show all that good stuff and on that note everyone listen we'll get through it together let's all hold hands and cry here's your bad news So let's talk about, in the bad news section, the fact that the United States currently has concentration camps. And a lot of liberals, people on the left, have been saying that for a while. But maybe you were thinking in the back of your mind, are they really concentration camps? I- are we exaggerating? Is that being hyperbolic? Um internment camps are separate from uh concentration camps maybe you were making that distinguish uh that uh you were distinguishing that as being separate in your mind well i'm here to tell you they are concentration camps and the reason we know that is because of Andrea Pitzer who is an expert on concentration camps she wrote the book on it literally She's the author of One Long Night, A Global History of Concentration Camps. And she took to Twitter to say that there is a global definition of what a concentration camp is, and the camps in the United States where undocumented immigrants are being held fit that definition. So she wrote, we have what I would call a concentration camp system, and the definition of that in my book is mass detention of civilians without trial. Um, so there you have it. You have the expert on concentration camps saying these camps, where these immigrants are being held, um, are concentration camps. So <clears throat> we're in the we're in the bad part of the history books <laughs> right now. So. On last week's episode, I had asked all of you, and I have to say, none of you got back to me. Hmm. I'm judging you. What pro-immigration groups we can support during this time? Because I feel like reading stories about there being concentration camps in the United States is obviously very upsetting, and it's sort of like, well, what do I do? How can I help? I feel powerless right now. So I did find a group that's doing great work, and you should support them. I'm following them on Twitter. I'm gonna boost anytime they post. It's called Races Texas. And I'm gonna spell that because it sounds like something else. Uh R-A-I-C-E-S Texas. R-A-I-C-E-S Texas. They're the largest immigration legal services nonprofit in Texas, focusing on underserved immigrant children families and refugees and they of course are monitoring the uh concentration camp situation very very closely so if you are looking for any kind of news or um how to support legal efforts getting those poor people out of camps uh, follow that group on twitter so obviously the situation at the border has been bad for a while but pitts are makes this point where she says, when it sort of crosses over from that sort of temporary detention, which is not good, obviously, but into a concentration camp situation is when the whole institution sort of crystallizes. And she writes, the longer they're there, the worse conditions get. That's just A universal of camps they're overcrowded we already know from reports that they don't have enough beds for the numbers that they have as you see mental health crises and contagious diseases begin to set in they'll work to manage the worst of it but then the but then there will be the ability to tag these people as diseased even if we created those conditions Then we, by creating the camps, try to turn that population into the false image that we use to put them in the camps to start with. Over time, the camps will turn those people into what Trump has already uh, said they are. So, yeah, because then it'll be a a public health crisis, right? Then the CDC will be like, well, we can't release them because there's a measles outbreak. And then everyone will be like, well, there's a measles outbreak. You got to keep them in there. Don't let them out into the cities, so then it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, see, we told you we needed to keep them here because we broke them. Um, yeah, so obviously really scary, depressing stuff there. Uh, on a different note, a different note of depression, let's talk about Joseph Biden. Ugh. I don't like this man. And I've said this on last week's episode, too. He is probably going to be the Democratic nominee and I will have to vote for him because it's him or a fucking fascist. And time and time again, it seems like we on the left are put in that situation where it's like, hey, you have to vote for this awful person because otherwise an even worse person will get into the office and we're like, well, fucking hooray. Um, And that's the problem with the two party system. Anyway, so Joe Biden recently was at a coffee shop, and I forget what state he was in. Was he in Boston? Who cares? So he's at a coffee shop, and he's talking. He's introduced to a uh, voter's granddaughter, okay? So all you have to do is be normal talking to a child, Joseph. And he asks her age... In case he was unclear on the fact that he was talking to a child. And she says, I'm 13. That's a baby. You're talking to a child, okay? Then he turns to her brothers and says, you've got one job here. Keep the guys away from your sister. So allow me to translate for all of you. Joseph Biden meets a child and says, boy, a lot of guys are going to want to fuck you. And your virginity is the most precious thing about you. So it's up to your brothers to kill if they have to, to guard your virginity. That's the first thing he says when he talks to a child. And listen, we already know that Joe Biden doesn't respect women. He made a big joke of the fact that he's been accused of inappropriately touching women instead of just maybe thinking, Hey, a lot of people are accusing me of that. Maybe it's true. And I need to work on my behavior, which by the way is not the end of the world, Joe, but, but apparently it is to him because he keeps bringing it up in a way that just shows you he is furious that anyone has questioned his progressive bona fides. And he's like, how dare you? I'm a champion of the women even though, you know, clearly he's not with his whole history with the Hyde Amendment, blah, 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 blah. But he's so offended that he keeps compulsively bringing it up in a way that he's trying to make it seem jokey, but you can just tell how mad he is. And, yeah, it's, it's. I would say it's disappointing, but did anyone think that Joe Biden was capable of more than that? <laughs> I don't know. This seems, like, pretty on brand for Biden, I still think he's going to be the nominee, which is very depressing. Um, I am curious to see the debates. I will be in L.A. when they're happening, but I'm going to follow them on Twitter. And, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if anybody challenges him on any of this stuff, his inappropriate behavior, his claim that he's always been a feminist, which is bullshit. Um, Yeah, I'm wondering if anybody's going to push him on that. Bernie? Bernie, I'm looking at you. So also well, in bad news, let's talk about Iran, shall we? And let's talk about um this attack on a tanker in the Persian Gulf. So the story of the administration, and I have to say, like, I have one take on this, <laughs> one very narrow take on this, so I'm not going to get too much into it. It's just to be a gentle reminder of our history. So, a tanker in the Persian Gulf uh, was attacked, and actually, there were there are two tankers, I think. So, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo comes out pretty swiftly to be like, "It's Iran, obviously, it's Iran. Hey, remember that country we've wanted to go to war with forever." Uh, Remember that peace deal? We tanked deliberately. Uh, No pun intended, sorry. We tanked deliberately um, because we want to go to war with this country? Uh, Yeah, they did it. They did it. How convenient for us, right? So listen, I'm not saying it's out of... um, I'm not saying it's impossible that it was Iran, right? I will say this. If it was Iran, Iran has suddenly turned suicidal overnight. And this is a country that, against all expectations... (laughs) sat down for the peace deal with John Kerry, and they figured out a deal. Um, And they did that because they realized they really had their back against a wall and that it would be suicidal to go to war with the United States. Why did they suddenly change that? Nothing has changed in terms of how suicidal it would be for Iran. Literally nothing. So it would be odd. Also, there's a captain of a Japanese um, tanker who claims that he saw what happened and that the damage to the tanker was above the waterline and it was scattered as though it was gunfire. And what the United States was accusing Iran of doing is uh, sending, like, a missile underwater, And if that was the case, the damage obviously would be below the waterline. But this captain of the Japanese tanker disputes that, which is really, really important, right? Because everyone, including me, is relying on third-party testimony. So we were not there. We didn't see anything that happened. This guy was there, and he's saying the U.S. is lying, (laughs) essentially. He's being more diplomatic about it. He's disputing the claims. But what he's saying is that did not happen. So that's really important. We should really, really take that into consideration that someone was there and someone is saying that did not happen. Okay. You don't go to war over something like that, right? And also, let's remember the history of the United States. (laughs) Um, We have a history of having a government that fabricates out of whole cloth events identical to this, to wage war. Identical to this. So let's just remember that we have a history of that, right? Let's also remember the weapons of mass destruction that did not exist. We would be dumb to just believe this, right? To just believe, especially this administration that is salivating at the chance to go to war with Iran. Listen, sometimes stuff can even happen where people don't even necessarily realize they're lying. There might be seven people in a room and six people are saying it wasn't Iran and one person says it was Iran, but because I want it to be Iran, that one person is really loud in my head, and it's not necessarily that I even think I'm lying. I'm like, wait, 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 what did you say? What did you say it was Iran? Well, that's great, because I've, I've wanted to go to war with Iran, and you're telling me it was Iran, so I'm not lying. I have one intelligence officer telling me it was Iran, so it must be Iran, right? You sort of rationalize it in your own head. That's me being ver- very, very generous, very generous with this administration, by the way. But you know, you can convince yourself that this is truth. There were a lot of people who truly believed that there were weapons of mass destruction because, you know, Saddam's been a problem for a while. And we really want regime change in that region. And I've seen some reports that say there's weapons of mass destruction. So I'm not lying. I have a document. Look, I have a document that says there's weapons of mass destruction. So it's real. And then it turns out not to be real. So let's think for once before we act. Who am I kidding? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So also in bad news, what did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about Trump being so Fucking dumb, which is not surprising. But he sat down for this interview with, um, who was it? with it was with George Stephanopoulos. And I said that like we're friends. It's a little Georgie uh, for ABC News. And <laughs> he said that if he was given dirt by uh, a foreign country, say Russia. They didn't say that specifically, but I'm saying, say it was Russia. Uh, he said, I think I'd take it. So uh, again, if a foreign country came to him with dirt on one of his opponents, say Hillary Clinton, he said, I think I'd take it. <laughs> Which is just like, how stupid do you have to be man where it's like, that is the thing that everybody accuses you of that you did. Let's be real. Okay. Russia brought you dirt on Hillary Clinton. Uh, your dumb, dumb son was like, great. I'll bring it to dad and maybe he'll love me. Um, guess what? He still doesn't love you. So your dumb, dumb son brings it to you and you used it. And we know that because of, uh, the Mueller report of uh, the intelligence reports of your own behavior going on TV, basically being like, boy, I hope somebody hacks the <laughs> DNC. <laughs> so like, we know you did it, but to say, I think I'd take it again. Uh, Donald. All he had to do was say, no, of course I wouldn't do that. That would be immoral behavior, if not illegal. I think I'd take it. So either, well, I mean, okay, it's not an either or thing. I was going to say either he's dumb or corrupt, but both, right? He is a stupid, stupid man, and he doesn't even know when he should lie as a politician because he's not a politician. He's just a blowhard. But also, I think he now feels bulletproof because he truly thought Mueller was going to take him down. Let's remember the famous I'm fucked moment when he found out Mueller was in charge of the investigation. He really thought he was done for. At least right now, he's not done for. And he probably will serve out the rest of his term. Um, maybe his second term as well because <laughs> he's running catch Joe Biden. Um, so he, I think he feels pretty untouchable right now. And Quite frankly, he should feel that way because who's going to stop him? This Congress? Nancy Pelosi? No. I understand why he feels untouchable at the moment. But I truly, I don't know like why he said it. I don't know if it was the fact that he's just an arrogant asshole, which he undoubtedly is, right? Or if he's just a dum-dum and he didn't realize, maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) I don't think that thought ever crosses his mind. You know, like, Donald, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe that's inappropriate. Maybe it's uh, without tact. Maybe you're acting unpresidential right now. I don't think he ever has those thoughts. So well, who knows why he said it. It's just, it was any, every morning I'm like, um, I'm braced for this administration. They can no longer shock me. They can no longer upset me and then he says something like this and it's just like wow you are a fucking asshole <laughs> you think like there would be a a small degree of humbleness that everybody knows that you took dirt from russia like maybe the president can't go to jail because for some weird reason you can't charge a president with a crime when he's in office which seems like not a good rule to have right It seems like that should matter the most when the president's committing a crime because he's the president. Um, But some weird legal thing. They can't do that. That's the only reason you skated by and you're still going to be like, I think I take it. And by the way, what's stopping Russia from doing it again? (laughs) You know, and if not Russia, some other country. Um, Nothing's changed since the 2016 election. We have no safeguards in place. If anything, Russia's gotten better at doing what it does. Facebook wouldn't even take down that deep fake of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, They just deprioritized it. So now now we have the technology, the capability to use AI to make people say things they never said. That is a new form of confusion that we didn't have during the 2016 election. We just had, like, fake news. So now, like, try explaining to your grandparents. They're seeing a video of someone talking, and you're going to have to be like, that's not real. I know it looks real, but it's not real. How confusing, how disorienting that will be for them. It's like nothing. Ha- it's worse now. It's worse now going to, into 2020. 2020. That's why when people are like, oh, Biden's polling seven points above Trump in all these states, we have not even begun to dive into how fucking awful the 2020 <laughs> election's going to be, how confusing, how disorienting, how corrupt people are going to show up to the polls to vote and be turned away more than ever because we've literally not been able to do anything to stop it. And the Republicans have been really successful at accelerating it so listen I'm allowed to be this negative because we're in the bad news section I'm gonna turn things around guys right now because that was a lot of the bad now we can all jump up and down now we can celebrate here is your good news First in good news. Bye-bye, Sarah Sanders. Bye-bye, the queen of gaslighting. Bye-bye, you liar. Um not to say that whoever follows Sarah Sanders isn't going to be as bad as her or worse, but god damn it's satisfying to watch this woman walk away. Um she's a liar. She's a collaborator, as anyone will be, who is the press secretary for a fascist regime. Um, but yeah, bye. I'm counting that as good news. The fact that I never have to see Sarah Sanders' face again. Um, that's not true. She's going to go be a pundit on um, Fox News or something. But in terms of having to watch her interact with the press, those days are over. I'm counting that as good news. Um Also in good news, let's talk about landlords and let's talk about the rent here in New York City. So on Wednesday, millions of New Yorkers woke up to the prospect of a city where their rents will barely rise. Uh, They're safe from eviction and they'll never have to put down more than a month's security deposit, which is huge, uh, Huge, because if you live in New York City, um, sometimes when you are moving into an apartment, like I've moved into apartments where they're like, we need first month, last month, a security deposit, and an initial fee to turn on like your water, which can be hundreds of dollars. So they can ask for the moon because they knew that there were so many people competing for apartments and so many wealthy people moving into the city that they could get away with that. So the New York State Legislature on Tuesday agreed on a package of sweeping tenant protections and rent regulations that would be the biggest rewrite of tenant law in decades. Current rules expire June 15th, and these are intended to be permanent. Governor Andrew Cuomo, a third-term Democrat, said he intends to sign them. So we knew this was great news, because the landlord's reaction <laughs> to it was like they were fucking devastated. Um, they were really, really upset about it. So that's how you know it's good. <laughs> it's good for renters. It's good for, because landlords truly, um, they can terrorize you in the city because they they had so much power. And the rents could go up um, a ridiculous amount and force people out of their homes. And it was really, really scary for a long time. Um so this is undoubtedly good news. Uh and we know that because the landlords are so upset. <laughs> they like w- the quotes coming from them were really really funny where they were just like we are devastated. Um I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're devastated. Um you fucking criminals. So great news in New York City. Also in good news. And this is this is also New York. New York we're we're kicking ass. Uh, Democrats in the state assembly approved a bill Wednesday that would allow undocumented immigrants to apply for a driver's license in New York, um, pressuring their Senate colleagues to do the same before the legislative session ends next week. So the assembly voted 87 to 61 Wednesday afternoon in favor of the bill, which would allow driver's license applicants to use valid foreign documents, including foreign-issued passports, to verify their identity with the Department of Motor Vehicles. So this is obviously important for a lot of reasons. Um, one of which is it is really dumb circular logic to say it's illegal to drive without a driver's license and also make it impossible for undocumented immigrants to get a driver's license because you're forcing them to break the law if they wanna say have a job because uh, oftentimes you need to drive to have a job, or uh, if you have kids, to get them to school. So you're making it impossible for them to do that legally. So then, of course, if you force them to break the law, then they break the law, and you, what, give them tickets that they can't pay or send them to jail. It's dumb. So this gives them a path to legally get a driver's license. So it's also safer for everybody, too, right? They have to take the driver's test. We have to know that they understand the um, all the different signage when they're driving, all the different laws when they're driving. So it just makes everything safer too. Also, oftentimes when you're applying for a job or any kind of um, bank account, if you need an official form of state ID, so this gives them the, the ability to have an official state ID so that they can gain access to stuff like that, which again, just makes everything safer. It incorporates people into society um it gives them a means of providing for themselves so it just makes everything better um so it was just like one of those very no shit pieces of legislation like why didn't we do this years ago but the democrats finally fucking did it so good on them um and if you can believe it or not i have more good news i wanted to give a shout out to vox because they signed a sweet ass union deal oh if you ever needed a argument for why unions are good vox media and the good workers at vox media just showed us all why unions are good i'm going to read you their sweet ass 3 year deal and it's a good one it includes 56 thousand dollars as a minimum salary for uh, exempt employees that's workers who aren't paid overtime as well as a 3.5 percent retroactive raise and a commitment to consider a a diverse pool of applicants for the job also and I don't think this article has it but uh, they have mandatory parental leave oh no they do have it I apologize sorry Bloomberg uh, paid parental leave for, for both genders. So uh, if you're a papa, too, you get paid parental leave, which is great. Um, that's their first union contract. That's a good one. It also ensures that if Vox creates programming for, like, Netflix or Hulu, based on employees' work, those employees will share in the revenue... Pretty good, right? This is a uh, the result of a two-year effort, which is when employees at Vox two years ago they announced an organizing campaign. It takes a while, but oh, the results! So good on everybody who organized over at Vox. It's worth it, right? And if you if you feel a little twinge of envy in your heart right now, where you're like fifty-six thousand dollars is a starting wage. I want to start with $56,000, organize. And I know that's easier said than done. Believe me, I know that. And I know that sometimes you try to organize and you can get fucking fired, even though that's illegal. They can do that. Um, but this is just, this is proof that organizing is really important. And it's especially important that a lot of these online media companies are organizing because oftentimes these are the places covering uh, wage protests and stuff. So it was not without a degree of irony that a lot of these places didn't have their own union contracts, but they were covering unionizing efforts. So it's really heartening to see places like Vox engage in the struggle themselves because now when they're covering other you know wage campaigns they know what it's like it took two years to get this contract but they fucking did it but now they know when they're covering other um struggles like this what's going on they know what management is is doing how they're pushing back so yeah just great job everybody And also, by the way, if if you are trying to unionize in your own workplace or if you have unionized, if you have stories like this, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Join the conversation. And then finally in good news, everyone, uh, Kellyanne Conway. I'm putting this in the good news section because I find it really funny in a very dark uh, end of days way. A federal agency is recommending that White House advisor Kellyanne Conway be removed from federal service, saying she violated the Hatch Act on numerous occasions. So the U.S. Office of Special Counsel said that Conway erred by disparaging Democratic presidential candidates while speaking in her official capacity during television interviews and on social media. You can't do that. That's illegal. If you are... Working in an official capacity um, for the administration, you can't disparage Democratic presidential candidates. That's a violation of the Hatch Act. So special counsel Henry Kerner wrote in a letter to Trump Thursday that his office's investigative report found that Conway was a repeat (laughs) offender of the Hatch Act. No shit. We've all seen her on the news, right? Uh, He wrote Ms. Conway's violations, if left unpunished, would send a message to all federal employees that they need not abide by the Hatch Act's restrictions. Her actions thus erode the principal foundation of our democratic system, the rule of law. If Ms. Conway were any other federal employee, her multiple violations of the law would almost certainly result in her removal from her federal position. Never has the office had to issue multiple reports to the president concerning Hatch Act violations by the same individual. So this is a very strongly worded letter that is like, we can't fucking believe how many times she has violated this rule. We have told you about it on numerous occasions, and you've done nothing, and we can't believe it. So obviously these recommendations carry no actual power to remove Conway. So I'm not putting this in the good news section because it's like, ha ha, she's going to have to be removed from her position. Obviously that's not the case. I just think it's very funny <laughs> and it, it that it warranted a strongly worded letter like this. And also I, I like that we now have an official letter that we can put into the history books where someone is just calling Kellyanne Conway a fucking criminal. <laughs> it's like she should not be serving in any official capacity. She has violated the law. Um, she doesn't belong there i i i I'm considering that good news, just that someone um had a moment of sanity and was like you're all a bunch of criminals, <laughs> so did you have any thoughts about today 's episode Here's some ways that you can write into the show. We do have an email that I never plug uh but it is i believe light treason news at gmail dot com I plug it so little I forget it all the time. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hashtag Pod. Honestly, these days I check Instagram and Twitter more than anything. So if you really, really in your little heart need to get a hold of me, that's where you can get a hold of me. Uh, if you have any recommendations, comments, send them our way. Go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Sign up at the $5 a month level and send questions that I'll answer on light trees and news. $10 a month, you get to do the monthly online hangouts and send questions. So that's a sweet deal. $50 a month, I'll send you handwritten letters. You can't stop me. I'm going to send you handwritten letters. You're going to do the monthly hangouts and send questions if you're a $50 a month member. Um... You can also send a different amount. If you can't do a monthly payment, you want to do a one-time payment to keep the show going, we still need your support more than ever, even though we're a weekly recap show. Um, You can support me over at my Patreon. All of that good stuff. I hope you have a great next week. And if there's anything specifically you ever want us to talk about, if you were like, this really needs to be discussed in the bad news section, this really needs to be discussed in the good news section. I have a recommendation for a movie you should see, a TV show, an album you should listen to. All of that stuff you can send in. We always love hearing from you guys. Um, thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.